Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. All right, a note on today's episode. This is an episode that I recorded, but not necessarily for Bewilderbeasts. It's going to make a lot more sense once you hear the opening. I'm going to be back next week with our usual format, which will be a modified version of the same Patreon episode that I pulled these clips from that you're going to hear in a few minutes. Don't worry, Patreon folk. You've already heard this episode, Cute Little Mutants, from your Patreon feed. However, when I put it in the main feed, I'm going to have a couple extra nuggets for just you. So you will get something extra out of this as well. So without further ado, do pirates say adieu? Let's buckle some swashes and talk pirate dogs. Let's go. This is a vast, a podcast about pirates, where I am not Paul Chomo. More on that in a minute. And where I grab the wheel and steer you into a discussion about the time I talked to your captain about the dogs of the high seas. Hello! And as you may have noticed, I am not Paul Chomo, the steadfast captain who steers this ship. My name is Melissa McHugh-McGrath, and I am here to lend a hand where I can. You see, Paul has spent the last month and will continue to spend quite a bit more time digging out from Hurricane Ian. He did what many of us in this indie podcast game do, apologize profusely for not getting episodes out when things were going poorly. Some of the poorly in this case included minor issues like black mold, flooding, and for a bit of time, a whole toilet on his front lawn. I have it on good authority, it has now moved to the side yard. Ian caused more deaths in Florida, at least 114 than any other hurricane in almost 90 years. That's a lot. And so a few of us landlubbers decided to pull what we could and lend what expertise we could to help Paul keep this ship afloat, as it were. In the coming weeks, you're going to hear science cool stuff from Christopher Birkenbean of Dash of Science, Vikram Balega, Mr. Planthropology himself, all discussing our little corners of the seven seas and how our professional worlds intersect with piratedom. Me? Oh, you know how this goes. I'm bringing the animals to this party, and don't worry, I'm going to clean the deck after every potty break. So let's get to it, shall we? I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath of the Bewilder Beast podcast, where animals intersect at humanity. And this week, let's meet the cutest little murder dog who lived on the high seas. Just before the hurricane hit, Paul and I had done a recording for my Patreon feed. You see, the two of us have been champing at the bit to mimic our favorite mockumentary, Best in Show. And if you haven't seen it, just stop, stop, stop everything. And find a way to get this. Pirate it, even. Uh, just kidding. Um, I don't want Paul to get in trouble for me recommending piracy on his pirate show. However, if you acquire this movie, preferably legally, 
it's up to you how you do that. <laughs> I take no responsibility for your actions. Paul and I had big plans to watch this dog show on Thanksgiving and essentially roast it. I know way too much about dogs in the way that, well, when you know too much about anything, you might be the person who's no longer fun at parties. Well, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, here's an example of why we didn't roast a whole real dog show. We bred this dog to have a shorter and shorter muzzle and also bigger eyes. Like it's kind of hard to tell with this particular picture, but when we're breeding for certain smaller toy breed dogs, we are breeding for uh, what appears to be bigger eyes. That's called neoteny. When you're looking at a bulldog, a French bulldog, a toy spaniel, a King Charles spaniel, um, we're not breeding for bigger eyes that humans look at and go, oh my God, it's so cute. I must take care of you. We're actually breeding for a shallower eye socket. And we're, we're breeding dogs to look like a roadie for Aerosmith. <laughs> Oh my God. And when you have these brachycephalic dogs, the brachycephalic is, is, are, are the pushed in face dogs. When you start to hyper exaggerate that and they have no muzzle like this, they can't cool off. That was the problem with the Pekingese. The, they oh. can't sweat. So the more muzzle they have, the more air that can get in to cool them off through the, through their mouth. When oh. they have, when they don't have that, they can't cool off and they overheat. So that's a problem here. And the other problem is with the shallower eye sockets their eyes sometimes just fall out <laughs> fall out like literally fall out yes. oh my god boing so <laughs> i'm i i oh, would like oh no. i'm breed to improve <laughs> god i feel so bad laughing at this dog but, oh my god. that's all i can do because i would be crying otherwise which is usually what i'm doing at thanksgiving which is why they won't let me have the remote so that was me and Paul, or me ruining Paul's day on a Patreon episode of Bewilder Beast, which if you bop over to the regular main feed of Bewilder Beast this November, you are going to hear that episode cut and modified for the main feed for the week leading up to Thanksgiving. We decided that we might actually get sued if we live viewed the Westminster Dog Show while podcasting about it. And I don't think I would have been able to air any of the episode on my family-friendly show or this one due to increasing rage at what we have done to purebred dogs. In fact, I'm not allowed to watch the dog show anymore at my in-laws Thanksgiving because I get so mad when I see the, well, you know what? This isn't the time or the place, McGrath. Back to the sea. So as a palate cleanser for Paul on our very special episode, I wanted to surprise him with a dog who was actually bred to be on boats. Pirate boats surely were part of the equation. The Skipper Key. It's here that I would like to introduce some of our conversation on that episode about the dog that is literally called the Little Boatman. You have this cool podcast called Avast. Do yeah. you happen to know this dog? I do not. Although you don't! It looks a bit like my dog, the one on the right anyway. Yeah, so this... <laughs> I'm so excited. I thought you were going to actually name it, and I was going to be like, oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is called a skipper key. A skipper key. Okay. Skipper key. These dogs are so cool. They're a, well, they're often called a spitz. 
Um, and I am going to have to stop the slideshow in in this way, like and, and bring up my notes. Um, but I'm going to have you describe this dog as best as you can, actually, before I start reading my notes. OK, well, this dog is all black, uh, very furry, pointy ears. I don't see very much of a tail. Um, it's got kind of a long body. It's, mm -hmm. it's back legs kind of stick out, kind of like they don't go straight down. They kind of like stick out a little bit further in the back. Yeah. And so he's got a lower sloping back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, um, hyena for a minute, like hyena. Oh yeah. That sloping back where they have the, like the stocky front legs and the, and the skinnier back legs and they just kind of slope down. That's what this Yeah. So, if you were to use these dogs um, on a boat, <laughs> um, so these mean this dog means little captain. Ship in Flemish means boat, um, and it's a Belgian breed. Um, but the Belgians didn't call it a skipper key; they called them a Spitz. And other Spitz breeds and called like the American Eskimo, which really needs to change their name <laughs> for reasons, um, which is a small white dog. Any small fluffy dog that usually has a curled tail over the back um, that's double coated, like, um, uh, well, like the, the American white, small white dog is one of them. Um, but these spitz type breeds all tend to be very small and very feisty. Um, Nobody really knows where the name comes from. They're guessing it's probably the Flemish for boat. Um, but it could also be shipper, which is shepherd. And this is a ratting and guard dog. <laughs> okay. And it's so small. It's like a 13-pound dog. They're, they're not big, but they are mighty. Um, they were common on boats um, back in the time that you're doing your show, for vermin management and control. They were ratting dogs on boats. So in the same way that you might use a cat, if you didn't want to deal with like a middle finger all the time from your working cat that was just lazing around, you would get one of these guys. <laughs> um, <Yeah. clears throat> so um, their name means small boatman or little captain. They're mischievous. They are about 13 inches high. If you're 13.1, GTFO. I'm <laughs> like, Many little dogs, they are actually great little watchdogs. So you know the um, Mastiffs, right? Those big dogs, big lumbering dogs. Sure. They were bred to watch castles. If you, if you pay attention to dog breeds in even a, a cursory way, you might notice that there's something called a Tibetan Mastiff or like you'll have like a Napoleon, uh, a Neapolitan Mastiff. So you'll have like these, these big Mastiff breeds from all over the world. And there tends to be a little dog with a similar name. So I'll go with the Tibetans. The Tibetan Mastiff and the Tibetan Terrier. The Tibetan Mastiff is big and scary and a great guard dog and will mess you up. But it will sleep like the dead if your castle is attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the Tibetan Terrier who will wake up at the drop of a hat and go, like Dino from the Flintstones and wake up the Mastiff so the Mastiff can go do its work. The The biggest, I think, myth in, in having dogs or when people are looking for dogs is I want a small dog because they're easier. <laughs> do you ever want to sleep again? Um, little dogs don't, 
because they are more prey animal, they tend to wake up much easier and they tend to be more startly. And as a result, they have that high-pitched voice that is bred to wake up lumbering mastiffs. And I guarantee you it'll wake you up from the dead of sleep. Wow. Um, that yeah. is so interesting. So that is your guard dog. Yeah. Not the big mastiff. It's this guy. Um, so these guys, um, and, and in my notes, weird that Europe hated rats given this little plague thing. Get over it already. Sheesh. <laughs> so these dogs and other ratting dogs, mostly terriers, because terrier means go to earth. So Jack Russell terriers, rat terriers, rats in the name. These were all really popular and still are in like all over the world. But the Skipper Key, and I have had a couple of them in classes, are intense little buggers, but they are very funny. They're mischievous. Um, they're very prey-driven. And so they, I found them hard for my owners to have in cities, um, which I think is honestly why I only had like two or three over a 20-year career in Boston. <laughs> um, they bark a lot. They're reactive um, a lot of a lot of times if they don't have enough of a decompression time, which in a city you really don't. Um, but if they are out in the out in the woods or in the country, they would do really great. Um, and they're gonna be funny. What I didn't notice though, and I'm really excited to show this to you, and you might not have any any point of reference. Um, what do you think about these two dogs? Um, one is this the skipper key, the small 13-inch dog. And then on the right is a 60 to 75 pound version of that little dog. Have you heard of the Belgian Sheepdog? I have not, no. So Belgian Sheepdog is a military dog. They came from the same dog and they branched off into two different branches of a tree. Really? So these both descended from the exact same extinct dog breed called the Luvenar. Um, the Skipper Key, they kept breeding it down over time. And then the, um, the Belgian Shepherd, they made bigger over time and they are both formidable watchdogs and and they're very predatory. So they use the Belgian sheepdog in the military and police work in in other high drivey things, whereas the skipper key is still used for keeping vermin away and as a watchdog. Yeah, it's wow. the same dog, just big and small. This is really like looking at the the poster for the movie Twins with Danny DeVito and <laughs> 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 So yeah, it's crazy to me. And there's there are a lot of cases like that. Like the Cocker Spaniel um, and the Springer Spaniel were the same breed at one point. Um, one was just bred down to bounce out smaller birds and one was bred bigger to bounce out bigger birds. Wow. It's the same breed um, that, that eventually branched off to be their own breeds. I was on a podcast called For the Love of Nature and we talked about- I love them. And, and if they listen, Ace loves you. <laughs> I love them too. And we were talking about if pirates kept pets on ships like dogs mm -hmm. and cats. And, and basically what I said was that if you were going to have a dog or a cat on the ship, it couldn't be too big. And it would sort of have to um, fend for itself, meaning eat lots of rats because rats were yep. And I, But I didn't know that there was a specific yeah. breed that was preferred for that. Yep. It's the skipper key. That's really cool. Isn't it cool? I was so excited to share that with you. But there is a lot more to say about these fierce little Fidos that we did not cover in that episode. This is a vast, and Paul was absolutely right about animals on ships. 
The ones on board would not be freeloading little lapdogs or dogs who were just along for the ride. Working on ships before GPS was a thing was hard work. Truthfully, working on ships today is still hard work and we have GPS, but back then, when you were just using the stars and maybe reading tea leaves, things could go poorly. Any animal on a ship needed to be independent, as these dogs and cats were not going to be able to depend on human guidance, and they would have to either do a job or find their own food because food would just be scarce on these journeys. I'd argue the keep the rats at bay was a side effect benefit for the people on ships. These dogs were likely just hungry and being proficient ratters, they were able to vermin hunt and keep the rats away. If you look at the guard dog aspect of the skipper key, this is something that we humans say when the irritating barking of tiny little dogs is used for good. What a good little guard dog, they woke us up. That same trait is very much unappreciated if your dog in a city goes off on every single person who walks by your first floor window at all hours of the night. The people pulling sails, swabbing decks in the sun, hauling whatever needed to be hauled would not have the time, energy, or patience to help train a dog to do such a job as ratting. They just had to come and get straight to work. And in the case of the skipper key, get to work they did. A bit more about this little ratting dog before you decide to go out and procure your new puppy or put one on your holiday list. The skipper key goes by many nicknames, including the little black fox or the little black devil. I think Australia has the best description of this dog. Down under, they are called the Tasmanian Black Devil. And this name is deserved. This is not a dog breed that I would choose for a first-time dog owner. These dogs are so smart, a bit too smart in many ways. Combine that with their independence, and you are looking at a dog-shaped cat. Sometimes they're going to listen, if it suits them. This is my favorite thing that I came across about the Skipper Key. Way back in 1882, an author submitted this description of our little friend. Quote, A little black devil, but minus the cloven hoof and tail, such as the boatman's dog. A very demon for rats, mice, moles, and anything that moves. An indefatigable watchdog. He rests neither day nor night, always on foot, never weary of inspecting the house from cellar to garret. And as soon as he observes anything amiss, he warns his master by his piercing barks. He knows the ways of the family, mixes himself into everything, and ends up by thinking that he is the one who directs the household. His fidelity to his master is unalterable. His gentleness with children is equal to any test, but let a stranger beware if he lays hands on any object or person. The skipper key has teeth and can use them a good stable dog. He is a great friend with horses and an excellent horseman. End quote. Though I want to touch on something. An excellent horseman? This is a dog. How much rum did this guy imbibe as he was writing this description? But it's sort of true. These dogs were used not just to guard by waking up everyone in the vicinity. Nothing gets by a skipper key. So city dwellers, again, I can't relay this enough. If you love living in your apartment, maybe this is not the dog for you. (laughs) This dog was just not used to murder vermin on ships. They were also used to, quote, hurry the tow horses by charging up behind them, almost like sheepdogs do with sheep and cows, by biting at the legs to get them to move. Other writers of the day called this inspiring horses, but really... 
these dogs were just scaring the bejesus out of these horses to get the big horses to move forwards. All of this makes sense, at least to me. Keep in mind, as stated in the clip with Paul, that these dogs were bred down, theoretically, from the Belgian sheepdog. This is a dog who is bred to work sheep. It's in the name. Working livestock is not out of this dog's comfort zone, and we've all seen little dogs who think that they are big. This is absolutely one of the Napoleon-type dogs for sure. If you use the Google machine, you will find the skipper key sitting atop horses, and it's said that they have an affinity for horses to this day. Though, if I'm looking at the behavior instead of how the breed is described in books, they look to me like they are either really worried and are charging, or that they are hurting big horses. I wouldn't say that they have a, quote, affinity. I'd say they have anxiety, but that's just a whole different podcast. So thank you for joining me today on Bewilderbeast, and thanks for sticking with today's unusual departure from our format to help a friend. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you enjoyed this little pirate doggy too. Thanks for going on this journey with me. In the next few weeks, they are going to be as follows. A bit of that Patreon-exclusive episode that I pulled audio from for this episode with Paul. We spoke over an hour about purebred dogs, history, and why I'm not allowed to watch the national dog shows on Thanksgiving anymore. For the Patreon folk who have already heard this, I am going to add some more things to the main feed so you will have something new for your ears to in that um, pulled Patreon episode. So don't do listen to that episode. There's going to be some special little nuggets for you in there as well. For Thanksgiving, I am planning on replaying the five deer episode, the Thanksgiving episode from 2021 which even if you've heard it, it is a good reminder about the history of how we got from genocide to turkeys and pie in America. It's interesting, it's upsetting, it's important, but very bewilderby, so you'll get some moments of levity too. Then going into December, we're going to do a few episodes, but I'm also busy doing uh, covering maternity leave for a colleague, holiday shenanigans, and I'm actually doing my first Bill Wilderbeast live at a local library. So... Patreon will still get their bonuses, and that will be prioritized for each month. But there might be a couple of replays going into December, and I hope you'll forgive me. And if you're in Southern Maine and you want to see Bewilderbeast live, I'm going to be doing some of the animal job stories as a presentation for the Kennebunk Free Library on December 6th at 6.30 p.m. It'll be the first Bewilderbeast live show ever, and I'm really excited about it. So check out the Kennebunk Free Library website for more information. So that should be it. That's it for today. Let's do this sign-off properly, though, shall we? I'm Melissa McHugh-McGrath with Mudstuff Media. Now go get curious. I got today's information from nationalpurebreddogday.com, wikipedia.org, akc.org, skipperkeyclub.co.uk, skipperkeyclub-usa.org, and the Patreon episode of Bewilderbeast called Cute Little Mutants with Paul Chomo. Intro and outro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. All other music is by Pixabay and freesound.org and sessions.blue for this episode only. We're going into thankful season. If you like this episode or any episode really, please show thanks and give a review. Tell a friend. 
rate on your podcast player. I know it's stupid, but it's how you tell me I'm pretty. So just go do that, please. And I appreciate it. And I thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Bye. We're we're fighting dogs to look like a roadie for Aerosmith. (laughs) You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.